Good morning, buenas tardes, whatever time or wherever you may be when you're listening to this. Welcome and thank you for being here. I'm here to bring you people from various backgrounds. Authors, actors, educators, athletes, politicians, and more. People that I think are interesting and hope you will too. Today's special guest gets San Diego's morning going. An energetic, funny, and friendly radio voice that has been in the business for over a decade with experience in both music and sports. A husband, a dad of two, and now a pretty avid golfer. Maybe somebody I should go play with sometime. One half of Ben and Woods, my friend Stephen Woods. Sit back, relax, or listen while on your morning jog. I'm Alex Satarain, and this is episode four of... Candidly Human. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode four of Candidly Human. I am your host, Alex Satarain. Super excited to be with you all. If you haven't checked out the first three episodes, they are available on candidlyhuman.com or look them up wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Pandora, TuneIn, so on and so forth. So many options to pick from. You can't miss us. Go to social media. Just look up Candidly Human on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter. It's at CandidlyHumanUS. So super excited about this episode. Look, over the pandemic, we've had all these different things that have gotten us through. Well, in San Diego, they had four hours worth of this amazing human, Stephen Woods. So every morning, Monday through Friday, he's on on Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan in San Diego, getting San Diego going. And he's been a big part in talking sports. They are the flagship of the San Diego Padres. So obviously, all the Padres fans go look for him. Um, I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you're probably part of Padres Twitter. So I'm very excited to have Steven. I've known him for a bit, never personally, but we always chatted back and forth on Twitter. And we do have quite interesting conversations, everything from uh, the Padres, obviously. We talk about his journey to being on radio. We also have a surprise appearance by his wife, Hannah. And speaking of Hannah, we talked about Woods and Hannah having a baby over the pandemic. So that and much more in this next hour that you'll be listening to. So without further ado, let's get candid with Stephen Woods. Woodsy, how's it going? Welcome, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. My pleasure, man. Everything's good. Can't uh, can't complain. Well, you can't complain right now when you're a Padres fan, right? Oh, man, so fun. Uh, what a what a weekend up in L.A., and, uh, you know, anytime you can put the wood to those guys, it's uh, it makes for a really fun Monday show. I'll tell you what, today was today was one of those days you look back on and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was fun. Oh, absolutely, and it's funny because when I sent you the link to join me today, so I, just for reference, we're recording this on a Monday, and on Sunday, over this past weekend, the Padres and Dodgers uh, played a series, a four-game series here in Chavez Ravine, and I say here because I'm in L.A., uh, but, um, I sent you a link. I believe it was like in the fifth or sixth inning. Yeah. Uh, the Padres are down seven to one. And I'm like, I'm sure this is going to be better than today's game. Uh, lo-, <laughs> lo and behold. Yeah. Lo and behold, uh, you know, epic, epic comeback. Yeah. Just, it's still unbelievable to me as ravaged as the, uh, the bullpen was. You know, as good, really, frankly, as the Dodgers are, I mean, to, to blow a lead like that, it's got to be pretty demoralizing, uh, which, of course, makes me happy anytime <laughs> Dodgers and their fans are demoralized. So I'm I'm I it was amazing to watch. I just was at, at the edge of my seat for April baseball. It's just amazing. It, yeah. And it's it's unprecedented, right? Like being that excited about baseball. I mean, I, you could see it a little bit back in like 2015, 2016, specifically oh, yeah. when, when the Padres got, you know, uh, the Uptons got in James Shields. Thank you, James Shields, for giving us Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, but that, but this is different because now you know the team is good and you know the product already. Um, but what what happened yesterday is, so I sent you the link. Um, the Padres are down seven to one, and then the comeback started in the seventh. And yep. I I thought to myself, okay, if this is happening, I don't know if I can watch this because I'm already I already tapped out. Like, yeah. you know, baseball is all about juju, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I tuned in in the eighth, 
And that was a mistake because Profar struck out. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to watch the ninth, right? And they come back, and then they go into extra innings. I'm like, okay, this is a new game. I can start watching again. And yeah, from there yeah, on, zero, I'm like, zero, okay. Basically. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I can say that I did my part. Once I got off, I, I got away and then came back. So um, it, it was a great game, very exciting. And the Padres are a little bit different. They're, they're, they're yeah. nasty. They are nasty, man. They're, they're, they're fun to watch. And you know, I think they believe uh, a lot in their abilities and, you know, they're, they're still not even close to hundred percent healthy either. So uh, to be able to win games like that against teams like that um, it's, it's special. They're a special, they're a special bunch to cover. Uh, they're a special bunch to watch. I'm like you though. I mean, I, there, I took my shirt off at one point cause I was pouring sweat and then I think we got a hit. So I left it off. I mean, I'm, I'm a lunatic too. I was the other night I watched it in the living room, which I rarely do. My wife said, why'd you watch it now? I go, cause we got a lead early. So I'm not leaving the, the recliner, you know? So I stayed and watched the entire game. I'm a 45 year old man, you know, father of father of two. And, and that's how I, am. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in that too. So well done doing your part last night. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a team effort. Right, and when yeah, we say it is, as fans we say we, right? Like our we, team, yeah. we we say we. So we're part of it. We 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 play I'm a big, big fan part of in that. It. Absolutely, I'm a big fan of that. I am because, you know, we invest an uh, an inordinate amount of time watching the game. We invest uh, in merchandise. We go to the games. Uh, we, in my case, you know, are season ticket holders. Um, yeah, so it's when they win, it feels like we win. When they lose, it feels like we lose. My mood is very much dictated by baseball outcomes. It kind of always has been. Uh, and, you know, I, I often say on the radio, you know, there are people out there that really couldn't care less about sports. And I said, some days I envy those people. And then most days I don't, though, because you get to see what you saw like last night, mm-hmm. uh, come back like that. You know, you get to see Joe Musgrove throw a no-hitter. Uh, if you don't like sports and you don't like baseball, you know, that's probably not going to affect you very much. Uh, but for those of us that love it and know how significant it is, I mean, it's the most special feeling. It's just the greatest. So, um, yeah, some days I envy those people that, that don't live and die with every pitch. But I just don't think I'll ever – I know I'll never be one of those those people. I know I will always live and die game to game, day by day. Yeah, and, you know, San Diego sports felt – a lot more like dying over the, you know, throughout sure. the history of San Diego sports, but it feels like the tides have changed. And and before I keep going into the sports part of it, because obviously you work in sports radio, you have a very successful uh, morning show. But one thing that I like doing at the beginning of a show is kind of doing a little icebreaker, right? And usually it could be something, a, a question that could be a little bit awkward or just a funny sure. story that comes out of it. So what I'm going to ask you is, have you ever put yourself in a position where you just met somebody and forgot their name immediately. That happens to me all the time. Um, <laughs> and always has. It's a, it's really not a, it's not a great quality. I was in sales for a long time and, and oh, no. I, I can sit and talk with anyone, you know, anytime, anywhere, guy on a plane, guy at a restaurant, guy at a bar, guy on the street. Uh, always. My wife makes fun of me, you know, for, you know, Hey, you don't always have to talk to strangers, you know? And I said, Oh, I, you know, I like to, I like talking to people. I like hearing stories. I like telling stories, but the name is, man, it's bad. It's bad. It's usually, Hey buddy, how are you, man? That's why I'm kind of grateful. I'm grateful for the friendships I've made on Twitter and social media. Uh, I would never know anybody's birthday if it wasn't for social media ever. I mean, I'm terrible <laughs> with that. And it's funny, like half of my friends and these are like good friends. I, I tweet and text with and stuff every day. I mean, I haven't even met a majority of them, you know, honestly, that's the weird thing. And, uh, but yeah, dude, I, it happens to me all the time. There are people in my office building. We've been, we've been at our company now for going on, you know, a little over two years and, uh, there's still so many people. I'm like, Hey, Hey bud, how are you? Good to see you. It's terrible, but I, you know, there's a lot, this is a lot of people. There's a lot of people in my life that, that filter in and out. And, uh, you know, you try, you try your very best. It doesn't help uh, also that we haven't really seen people in a year or so. So. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of been actually quite nice. The, one of the nice things about the pandemic, the not having to interact much has been pretty great. I, I feel that I feel that. And it's really funny too, because my wife kind of gives me, and you, you can feel more than free to cuss, uh, 
if you so choose to, but she oh, always good. gives she gives me shit when uh, I talk to people because I love having random conversations with people. I'll I'll just yeah, me too. It, and and you know sometimes it can be a little bit awkward because people can be like, oh, this is this is interesting. Somebody just a stranger is talking to me, but I, I do find that more often than not, people will carry on a conversation, especially if you're nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, the same thing. I can't for the life of me remember names and. One one thing just happened recently because I just I did mention that I just moved to LA to you, and before we left the Palm Springs area, there was a new neighbor that moved into our complex, our old complex, and I had I had spoken to him a few times, introduced ourselves, and then one of our final nights there, um, I met his wife as well. So both he and his wife were entering the complex. My wife and I were were going out to go get something to eat. And for the life of me, I could not remember his name. And the worst part is that his wife didn't tell us her name. So I'm like, right. okay, now I can't. He's just standing there. Yeah, and even worse, he shot me his phone number, sent me a text. I'm like, I don't know what to save it as, you know? And maybe it's one of those skills where we have to be like, we have to ask their name. Like, it's yeah. embarrassing, but it's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, give me your spell your name spell your name for me again give me your name again yeah I, I one of the more embarrassing things that ever happened to me was when i was in music radio uh i was at coachella and uh we had we had one year where we had this really incredible access like incredible we had vip backstage uh, artist passes so we were back with the artists so i i saw everyone i mean i was just sitting like backstage in the area and was kind of walking around where the buses were parked and I had my mobile recorder with me and there's a band called the Gaslight Anthem. And uh, I saw their bus and it says Gaslight Anthem on it. And as soon as I passed the bus, one of the guys from the band gets off the bus and I go, Hey man, you got time for a quick interview? And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. And I had no idea who it was. I just knew he was in the band. And I was like, Hey, it's Woodsy from FM 94.9. I'm here with Gaslight Anthem if it was chris from gaslight anthem or bill from gaslight anthem or craig from i had no idea i just said hey it's woodsy i'm here with gaslight anthem which is one of the more embarrassing things uh that's ever happened my text is blowing up hang on one second no, you're good on. you're good all right i'm back so yeah i've i've definitely done that uh that was one of the more mortifying times though oh oh that, that sounds bad yeah it sounds like something that I would probably do as well. So it's I, terrible. I, I think we are finding that we have a little bit more in common as we go. Yeah. I obviously don't have as much radio experience as you do. You've been doing it for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at your background. Obviously, I have to do my due diligence and know a little bit. I know that uh, obviously you spent a little bit of time in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. a, a little bit. Did you do much radio back when you were in texas or was that no. more when you came in cal came to california it was all here uh i've never been on the air anywhere else but san diego um but i did i was in radio sales in dallas so i worked in the radio station and i started in promotions and i um worked my way up into the sales world and it was just a matter of dumb luck man that uh met a guy there that thought wow you are quite a personality and I think you would be really good on the air. So come, you know, like I was a sales guy, suit and tie, the whole thing. And I just remember running into this guy and he, and he did it. He was an on-air guy. He had a show and he said, come in, dude, come in, pop in studio. Like, let's put you on. You're wild. And I was, I was crazy. It was probably when I was 25 and uh, I was out of control. And, um, and so he's like, you'd be so good on the air. And I'd be like, I never even thought I could do it. And then all of a sudden, um, we stayed in touch and they ended up moving back. They moved to San Diego and got a show here. And uh, I just got this random phone call, man. And I'll never forget it. It's a, uh, you know, I realize every day how lucky I am because I have no business being here uh, because I just get a random phone call that says, Hey man, I had a show. They don't want to work with me anymore. I need to build a new show. Are you interested in moving out to San Diego and doing radio? And I said, yeah. And uh, that was that was January 1st of 2010. And I started on the air here February 1st of 2010. So one month. Uh, it was like for me, it was like winning the lottery, except you don't win money, but you get to move to San Diego and, and have a pretty cool career for the last 11 years. So um, it, when I think about it, man, it really 
it trips me out. You know, it does. It's not, and I know there are people that are like, oh, dude, you didn't pay your dues. And okay. I mean, you know, I, I was lucky enough that this guy saw something in me. And then um, I have paid my dues very much uh, since, believe me, mentally, physically, financially. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I do realize that the, the odds of that going down are just, they're astronomical against me, you know? And, and um, so, you know, when people ask me, like, how do I get that gig? I'm like, I have no idea. I got lucky. I mean, it's one thing to get it. It's another thing entirely to keep it. I can tell you how to keep it, but I can't tell you how to get it because I never had to get it. It came to me, um, but I've held on to it, you know, like, like death uh, for, mm -hmm. for 11 years because I, I felt like when it happened, it took about two weeks until I went, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. I can do this. This is, this is what I was meant to do. Um, and about two weeks in, I, I knew, all right, I'm comfortable. And it's been it's been crazy ever since. Isn't it the best feeling in the world when you sit down at a job and you're like, I was meant to do this? Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And I think, you know, any job in media, it's paying dues, right? Like th there's always that yeah. notion that you have to pay your dues, which I mean, I totally understand. And I get it. I kind of sit in that area where like I've been doing it. But after a while, it's kind of like paying your dues is kind of bullshit. You know, because especially like depending on what your employer is making you do. And it's like, I, I don't need to do all this to get five minutes on air. Yeah. It, it's pretty insane. But for you, you had something that can't be taught. And that is, you know, the personality an outgoing personality that is big and enjoy uh, like people enjoy it. Right. Like that's something yeah. that can't be taught. The, the thing that uh, my guy that hired me told me is he goes you know why i knew it would work is he said you don't know how to be anything other than yourself you're just who you are and he goes that you know that's enough it's why you were successful at sales it's why you'll be successful at this um you know how does one measure success I, you know i haven't made the money i probably could have made in the last 11 years um you know in, in sales right i've made a lot more money doing sales but you know, my day, I'm, it's 9am. I'm done. Like I can go play golf if I want. Uh, I get to be with my kids. Uh, I have weekends off, you know, it's, it's, there's stress involved in it. Obviously it's a stressful gig. Trying to get ratings is stressful, uh -huh. trying to manage social media and, you know, um, create content and all that. Yeah. It's stressful, but man, I've done real jobs. You know, I've done the nine to five. I've done the traveling thing. I've done it all. And, and, you know, it's just, while this job is stressful and difficult at times um, and it doesn't pay, you know, near what it used to, dude, it's the fact that I make any money at all for doing this is pretty rich because I know so many people that grind it out in this business that, you know, are doing stuff for free. They're writing blogs and I don't have to do any of that shit, man. I just get to go in and be myself and hang out with my friends and talk sports and talk about my family and whatever else. Um, and it works. It's worked. So want to keep it going. Yeah, it's always the goal to keep that job because it's once you have it, people are gunning for it. Again, it's media. Every day. Yeah, it's media. Yeah. People and and the worst part too is a lot of people also think they can do your job. Everyone thinks Everyone. they can do my job. Yeah, Everyone. Yeah. It's like the same thing Everyone where, where, thinks. Where, where you posted yesterday on on Twitter, um, you know, everybody sitting on their couch uh, managing a bullpen, right? That's it. Everybody thinks that they can manage a game, manage a yeah. job in media, but it's hard. Well, I'll tell you, you know, take, take somebody out of the stands and throw them into the dugout. Uh, and it's the sixth inning and you've got a three to one lead, right? Mm -hmm. And your starters out there and you say, all right. And Jace Tingler says, all right, man, I'm going to take it to the house. i got dinner reservation. My wife, I want you to run it. Uh, Bill, you know, that I just pulled out of the stands. It's yours. That guy that is so confident on Twitter would absolutely shit his pants. He would shit his pants. He would he would not know that you need to look at who's coming up. He would not know that you need to look who's on their bench. He would not know how many pitches that guy threw three days ago. He would not know how that guy reacts after throwing 70 pitches three days ago. Uh, he would not know the reams of information that these guys are being asked to process uh, and or, you know, look through uh, at the drop of a hat. I mean, dude, you put these guys on a little league team, you know, manage a little league team, pitch counts, and they got they they wouldn't be ninety percent of them wouldn't be able to do it. And so it, it is laughable to me 
you know, when everybody has opinions about, you know, they say, and it, it, like, I could do what you do better than you do. Okay. Like maybe, I mean, you never know. Maybe mm-hmm. I, 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 who knows? I'm sure, I'm sure there are people out there that are better than me, smarter than me, have a better personality, whatever. Um, yeah, there absolutely are. Um, my kind of fantasy has always been to be like, you know what? All right, come on. Cheers. Come on in. Be there at five. Actually be there at four. Cause we started five, sit down. I'm going to turn the mic on at five. Your first talk break is 15 minutes. Go. And I sit back and watch. You have 15 minutes. Go. Give me 15 minutes off the top of your head. Cause I don't script my, I don't script my stuff. I wing it every morning at 5am. I'm winging it. So when you hear me at five, I legit don't know what I'm going to talk about 30 seconds before the mic starts. Uh, the mic goes on and, and you know, I, I don't know. Is there an art to that? Yeah, there is. Can anybody do it? No, not everybody can do that. But do I have shitty, shitty 5am segments sometimes? Yeah, I do. You know, but <laughs> for the most, for the most part, um, it, you know, it, you give somebody 15 minutes and say, go ahead. I'll just make you do one break, do one, one talk break, 15 minutes. I bet you it'll be some of the worst shit you've ever heard. Uh, to be honest with you. And they don't know about the mic. They don't know how close to be to the mic. They don't know how far to be. They don't know what's engaging. They don't know how to tell a story. You know, those are all things that, that come with experience. And um, so, yeah, that, that always kind of bugs me a little bit, but you know, I also am really supportive of those people that want to do it and try it and podcast and do that. I love it. I've, I've always been a, a podcaster and a big supporter of, of uh, new media and I just, I think it's great. I, I do. The thing is, it's like so many old school radio guys are not, they, you know, their opinions are the only ones that matter. And it's like, no, dude, like the more voices, the merrier. I, I love to collaborate with people and, and, uh, hell, frankly, try to steal some of their ideas cause they got good stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the best form of flattery, right? It's taking somebody yeah. else's idea, making it your own. And Make it your own. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then okay, move forward. And that's kind of what yep. radio is too, or any form of media is a uh, trial and error. And if you're lucky, you, you have uh, more successful bits than you do bad ones. Yeah. But I mean, again, trial and error. And you gotta, you gotta put your balls, you gotta put your balls out there too. That's the thing is so many people want to look cool and, or they want to look professional. You know, they want to be, well, I can't do that. You know, I'm a broadcaster and I need to be taken seriously. And it's like, dude, you know, this, none of this is really that serious. When you're talking about sports for a living, it's not that serious. It's a big business. There's no question. It's a huge business, but it's not that serious. You know, it's just not Uh, his three, two slider usage or his pitch count, or it's this, we're not curing cancer here. Uh, So when I see somebody in the, in the sports media world with a massive, massive ego, you know, hey, maybe it's because they're they they yell more than everybody else, and they have these ridiculous corny takes. Uh, that's not my style. Uh, I like to picture. You know, this is how I talk to my friends. You know, we're talking about this game. Like, dude, are you you're joking? Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, that's how I talk to my friends. It's not it's not an on air shtick. Uh, I'm as passionate off the air as I am on, and probably more so because I can curse at my house. Um, <laughs> If you ever watched a game with me uncensored, you know, my wife can attest to it. She yells at me every night, language, language. I'm like, babe, I can't turn it off. You're asking me to turn off who I am as a person while I'm watching these games. And it's just not possible. So, um, no, man, authenticity, I think, comes through on the radio. And, and you know, the problem is everybody wants to – the one lesson that everybody forgets is just be yourself. Don't try to be Joe Buck. Don't try to be, you know – anybody don't try to be you know ben don't try to be me just be you be who you are and if you're good you'll succeed if you're not you won't it's that's it's really that simple but if you love what you're doing really who cares you know who cares yeah as long as you enjoy it you should always find something you can be passionate about right no doubt no doubt if it makes good money then that's just a bonus right like that's that's what it comes down to bonus i'm very lucky i'm very lucky that's the argument i have with my wife all the time is uh I, I tell her, I say, I get punished because I have a job that I like, you know, and that job entails me watching baseball, which I would be doing anyway, because it's a passion of mine. So um, I just happen to get paid for my passion and that's pretty awesome. And I do feel like it does get, I get, you know, punished for that sometimes. It's like, oh, you're just watching a game. I'm like, yeah, but I get paid for it, you know? And <laughs> so 
it's 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 while it's not curing cancer you know it is what i get paid to do and and uh it just so happens i i happen to be very very passionate about it as well now there there are sporting events and things that i watch um where i'm like yeah i'd rather be doing anything else almost really i mean there's just it's like all right baseball season zapped me i like watching football a lot i like sunday watching football but you know, a, a weak ass Thursday night game with the Bengals. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. And we don't really, you know, we don't really dive too much into it, but it's nice to be a little bit informed. Um, but, you know, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, dude, I love sports. I love it. You know what I love? I love radio. I love doing radio. I love doing entertaining radio. Sports come second. You know, music comes second. Everything comes second. I love doing radio. So whether it's radio talking about music, great or whether it's radio talking about sports, apply the same passion to it and, and just try to do a good radio show every day. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you did do music radio before you jumped into sports. You were with Alt 94.9, right? Yep. And you you eventually moved over to sports. So how was that transition for you? Because I know that um, a lot of, there are quite a few people that are good at music radio that obviously yeah. when you come on, it's very short segments. Um, you're just kind of there for a hit almost. And yeah. you come back into talk radio and obviously you're thinking about those 15 minute segments. You have to fill yep. four of those up every hour. And for you, you have a four hour show. So how was the transition from music radio over to talk? So I started my radio career in four hour talk on a four hour talk show. So I knew the preparation and planning it took to do a morning show. And that's what we did uh, on the Mikey show on FM 94.9. And so we did four hours of talk. And it was, we did some sports, we did some real life, we did some bits, we did some interviews, you know, it was kind of everything. It was your typical morning show, some wacky gags, some bets and things like that. But it's a lot, you know, to go in to do 20 hours of talk radio a week is a shitload of, of planning and content. Um, then when I had to go be a DJ again, what I found was, well, this job is very uh, easy because I just have to talk for, you know, 30 seconds. Hey, it's Woodsy. Got Coachella passes coming up 710. Make sure you sign up at FM949SD.com. You know, this is fun and hit the button and I'm out. Um, but the thing is, while it was easier, it was really boring, really, really boring. I hated it. Not I was not creatively fulfilled in any stretch uh, of the imagination. I was I was pretty miserable, you know, because I did not move here to be a DJ. I didn't want to be a DJ. I like music. I love music. I didn't like the music we were playing. Um, you know, and, and for me to have to try to sell that every day was a tough sell. And I didn't do it very well. I got in a lot of trouble from my bosses for kind of making fun of the music, um, <laughs> you know, playing sound effects over the music. I just don't, I have to be passionate about it. You're not going to get my best. Um, so when I got the chance to fill in um, doing some sports radio, I was elated because it was a new challenge. And I love sports. I love baseball. So I really leaned on baseball pretty heavy because that's the one I knew the most. And it was during baseball season, I think. Um, no, I was actually during football season. I did okay, you know, and got some pretty decent reviews and uh, realized, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. This is just a new challenge, you know, just kind of bring my approach of having fun and being myself and being lighthearted uh, to the sports world. And that's what I've done. Ben, my partner's more straight lace broadcaster but i've been able to pull the fun side out of him and he's been able to um be kind of the balancing act on our show and um so it's been a really good partnership great partnership um the odd couple dynamic really works uh for us and it's really who we are on and off the air uh, as well and so that helps you know authenticity we're not playing a role every day um we bust each other's balls you know, I, I torment him, uh, merc you know, m like mercilessly, uh, and he gives it right back. And so it's a lot of fun. And, uh, we're both big baseball fans. We're both family guys, you know, so it, it definitely helps that, um, you know, there's a, there's a really healthy amount of respect in the room for each other too. That helps tremendously. Nobody's trying to one up each other. You know, I, I want to make him funnier and he wants to make me better. You know, that's a probably a good way to put it, but it was a challenge. I mean, you know, it was, it's a different way to prepare. <laughs> you know, your preparation is essentially like, I got to watch this three, four, last night's case, five hour game. I have to watch the game. You know, it's the one fight I have in my house with my wife. It's like, I, I, I know the kids are screaming. 
I got to watch this. Like this is our audience comes to us for, you know, insight, passion, you know, opinion. I can't not watch it, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not going to leave the house every time there's a game on. So I just got to figure out that balance of being a dad, being a husband, but also being able to, to do my job. And really, honestly, I don't really need to do much preparation as far as sitting down, typing out numbers and things like that. I just need to watch the game. That's how I prepare best. You got to know the content if you're going to go in and, and talk about it. So uh, I totally, to. totally understand that. And speaking of your families, like you, you have a pretty young family yourself. Yep. And it, it's very interesting because even though with COVID going on, I've seen so many people have babies during this time, but also there's the perk of being home, right? For a lot of people are home and they can yeah. take care of the baby. They don't have to worry so much about uh, the leave part of it because obviously the United States is so amazing with, with uh, maternity yeah. leave. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so there, there's a little bit less uh, worry right now, which is really, really interesting considering the circumstances. So for you and you know, you've already got a growing boy in Bo, and then mm-hmm. you bring another baby into the world uh, during this time. So how, how was that whole process? Because I imagine that the appointments were uh, interesting, maybe maybe a little bit complicated. Yeah, they were. We I didn't get to do all of the things I got to do with Bo, and I was very involved. Um, I went to every appointment uh, with Hannah, my wife, when Bo was, you know, in the womb. And couldn't really do that uh, with Taylor and it, it sucked, you know, it sucked, uh, but he was, we, we moved. Hannah was nine months pregnant when we moved and uh, we moved to a great little house and we live here now. And, and then we had a baby like two weeks later and, uh, and then to, you know, have to go through all the, the craziness of a newborn. And uh, I took a couple weeks off work. I actually ended up only taking about a week. I went back a week early because I think, she was ready to get me out of here and I was ready to get back to work. So, uh, but the beauty of my job too, is like, I'm home every day, every day. Um, I'm here. If she need, you know, my wife does real estate, so I can watch the kids Bo's in school, but man, it's tough. Like having a toddler during COVID was early. Um, but he's, he's been going to this preschool, uh, where he's been just thriving. So save us a little bit and, you know, there's so many people that had it so much harder than we did. You know, at least we both got to continue to work. So many people lost their jobs. And, you know, I worked. We had to we had to switch it up. We m- went to a remote location. Um, and, it, you know, the audio didn't sound that great. We didn't have the computer. You know, we you had to – it was fine. I mean, we bitched about it because that's what we do uh, in media. But we were – you know, what it really boils down to is we were really happy to be able to still continue to work and, and get paid and, um, you know – be there for our audience every day. And that's the thing, man, I'll tell you, Alex, the, the greatest compliment I've, I ever get. It's not, Oh dude, like I love how you broke down that game seven. Um, I never, you know, our analysis is whatever. It's no different than any other analysis you're going to hear. But I think um, the best compliment I ever get, and I get it, we get it quite a bit is dude, COVID went down. We're all in seclusion. I'm locked down. I lost my job and I had you guys every day from five to nine. And I knew that you guys would be there and I, you helped me get through my day. And for me, bro, there's nothing like that feeling, nothing. And like they, they were there for us. We were all in it together. And it really, I think it helped our show a lot, like getting people like they don't want to give up on us and we're not going to give up on them. So it was pretty special, man. Um, we had no sports to talk about none, you know, there was nothing going on and, but we were there, we worked our ass off to prepare and try to do an entertaining show every day. And we did. And I'm very proud of that work, man. Very proud. And, um, getting the, getting people that will DM you and say, dude, I was depressed and didn't know what to do, but I knew five days a week, four hours a day, I'd have my friends there with me. Oh, dude, I'll take that to my grave as just some of the, the, accomplishments I'm most proud of, you know, especially in, in my career. Yeah. And, and just to kind of go back to the DMS part, it's um, in the time that I have known you and, and again, like we've never met in person, right. it's been mainly either, you know, through listenership or, or just chatting back and forth on Twitter. And you're someone who's very uh, interactive 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and you have to be when you're in radio, and especially yeah, now nowadays. Nowadays, you have to be really interactive uh, on all platforms. And the more interactive you are, the more engagement you'll get. And that's what you want because you want those extra listeners. And maybe if they're not listening live, they go back into the uh, recorded or the 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 what would it be the the on demand like the podcast on demand yeah you know for me man it's funny it's like yes yes you're right in that in our business these days you have to do that but it is funny because i i made a uh, i made kind of a mini pledge to myself when i took the gig when i moved to Diego and i took the gig and it was twofold one of them was don't think that you're hot shit don't forget that you are a recruiter who got lucky and got this gig and don't think you're better than anybody that happens to tune in and listen. All right. Have I been perfect in that regard? Probably not. Probably not at all. But I, it was a pledge I made to myself of like, I'm going to respond. So if I get a DM, I respond. If I get a, a private message on Facebook, when I had Facebook, I'll respond too much. It's too much. Sometimes I get inundated sometimes, but you know what? I still make the attempt. Um, I do it from my page. I do it from Ben and Woods. I on Instagram and Twitter. You're 99% of the time talking to me on the DMs on any of those. And I do about 50% of 97.3 The Fan as well. And so it's just kind of the, the pledge I made of like, hey, dude, you're not anything special. If somebody has a question or a comment, you know, take the time to write them back. You know what it is, man? At the end of the day, it's customer service. And I've always been good at that. I've always been good at customer service. And is it a giant, giant pain in my balls sometimes? Yeah, it is. Hey, man, I got an idea for a bit. All right, what do you got? <laughs> you know, it's it's a huge pain in the balls sometimes. But you know what? I can't tell you how many messages I get. Bro, this is great. I'm watching the Padre game, and I'm DMing with my favorite Padres, you know, personality. This is fantastic. And that, to me, that's that's what you do it for. And then the other thing I decided, you know, when I moved out here to do this was, if I'm going to have a platform, I want to do, you know, a lot more good than harm with it. And I I've done that and want to get back to doing uh, more of that. I've really been selfish focusing on uh, my career the last couple of years, my family, two new kids. Um, and you have to be, I think with the, when the pandemic hit, but you know, as things start to open a little bit, I'd like to get back to doing some of the charitable things that I did uh, before worked a lot with the food bank in San Diego um, you know, giving back my, my family, we're so blessed here. Uh, we have so many things to be thankful for, um, and just try to give back more, uh, moving forward. That's amazing. Like I, I spent most of my life living outside of San Diego, uh, Palm Springs mm-hmm. area. Uh, but my family's from San Diego. Uh, I was born in Tijuana. So right, right there across the border, yeah, right same, right same neighborhood. Um, so at heart, I'm very much a San Diegan. Right. Yeah. And and I did go to I went to UC San Diego as well. So I made my way back for a few years and got to enjoy uh, some some more Padres games than I usually would when I was living back at home. So it's it's really nice to see people really engage with the audience and, and with the community, because when yeah. we look at when we look back at San Diego sports and you look at a team that will not be named. And right. you look at they did they did outreach they did a bunch of stuff but in the final years you could tell there was a complete disconnect and it was like yeah they're yeah, out yeah we, we're out and it was you could see it from miles away but when you look at something that was so cared about in the community just be like fuck this I'm out and yeah. and not not even just hide it like the, it was almost blatant yeah. it, it was really really sad but seeing how yourself and others are really taking over and obviously the Padres doing what they're doing. It's really nice. And it, and it makes me happy even though now, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm an Angelino now, but I mean, always a San Diego at heart. Well, this city, you know, this city deserves, uh, deserves all the goodness that it gets. And, you know, it, it's one of those things I've moved my whole life. Like I was always on the run and always kind of a nomad. And I wanted to experience as much you know, I've lived in. I have lived in, Dallas, Chicago, Las Vegas, Indiana, Connecticut. Uh, I've lived in so many different places and I'm great. I'm so grateful for that because I got to experience, you know, I've got time on the East coast, I've got time in the South, I've got time in the Midwest. And I always wanted to live here always since I was in second grade, I wanted to live in California, did a report on it. 
and was like, how, the, how do I get out there? It seemed like this foreign land. And I never came out here in 85. I was 10 years old, went to Disneyland and was like, oh my God, this is paradise. Grew up watching the music videos, filmed out here. and was like, oh my God, how do I get out there? Could never get the opportunity. And then when it came, I jumped on it. And uh, from the minute I got here, I thought, oh yeah, this is, this is home. I live in the, the first real spot I ever visited uh, was Encinitas. And uh, my guy that I was on the show with drove me through Encinitas. And I went, oh my God, this is, this is home. And turns out here's where I live. I live in downtown Encinitas, you know, 11 years later uh, and with a family and just, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. It really is thinking about all the times I wanted to, uh, to be here. And the fact that I'm here and, and doing well and happy, you know, I say it all the time. I'll die here. You know, there's no question. This is home. I also happen to marry a woman that you couldn't leave here. You, you couldn't get her out of here for any amount of money. This is where she was born and raised. This is where our kids will be born and raised. And um, I'd like them to go to experience some things down the road uh, and live other places because my wife never did, but I'd like them to, <laughs> uh, I'd like them to, to do that um, because I think it's important, but you know, I'll never fault them for wanting to come back here. That's for sure. Yeah. So you, you did mention that you moved many of places and I, yeah. I assume that was a lot in your, in your twenties uh, yeah. before you settled down in San Diego. So what, what was part of that experience and like what, what brought you oh. to do stuff like that? Man, I, you know, I was just a bit of a, a wild, a wild ass, I guess. I, I couldn't stay focused. I couldn't, this is really, you know, it's the thing, it's the other reason I've held on to this job. Uh, tried to hold on to the job and, and, it is a, it's a job that has kept me essentially out of trouble, you know, and I was a bit of a troublemaker in my twenties, my thirties, even, um, I drank too much. I party too much. And, and I was just, you know, I was focused. Sometimes this job has taught me how to focus and it's taught me responsibility. Um, and I, you know, I, I just, I couldn't sit still. I wanted to, you know, um, experience different cities and different places and, now, I'd say, I'd say, you know, growing up in Dallas was nice. I mean, I, I know everything about it. I've been there, um, but I was ready to, to move on, you know, and, and get away from kind of people I grew up with. And uh, so I moved to Chicago and South Bend, Indiana, and that experience was incredible. The, 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 the experience in Chicago was like nothing I ever imagined. It's my, it's my second favorite city in America, um, San Diego being number one, but Chicago is just, it's it, it right up close uh, with San Diego. I had such a cool cool experience i was a bartender um made some great friends that i'll have forever this is a blast the city's incredible the nicest people you've ever met um midwestern people but like completely cosmopolitan city there's something for everyone you know if you like rock and roll it's perfect if you like jazz it's perfect if you like the blues it's perfect if you like baseball it's perfect football basketball uh i was there during jordan's heyday used to go to finals games. Like I saw it all, man. I was at Kerry Woods, 20 strikeout game. Um, I, I got to do it all, man. I, I really did. And I just, I look back at those times. I'm like, Whew, man, the best food in the country is in that city. I know New York will, will claim it. It's not New York. It's Chicago. It's the best. I just, I love that town. And, um, but I'm so thankful I got to do that. man. even if it was for, you know, five years, uh, it helped shape me, you know, helped mold me to who I am and gave me so many new experiences to, to talk about that i love new york with a passion i do too i, I like I, new york too and now now i have to i but really I couldn't have to live chicago but i couldn't live there i could not live in new york i mean yeah, i could if i was if i made 50 million dollars but you know <laughs> I, I but even then still i just chicago to me was much more my speed um just so much easier to get around people were incredible not that the people in new york aren't great in their own way but the people in chicago were just amazing just amazing it's such a cool cool city and if you like comedy and you know all the legends from there you know the 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 bill murray's of the world and and it, it just so, it was kind of just the hotbed uh at one time for for alternative music as well and, and comedy and and sports it was just it had it all it really did and you know going to see michael jordan play a bunch was pretty awesome too and uh just it had everything. It really did, and I, I do miss it. I do. That's the one, and I miss Chicago more than I miss Dallas. That's for sure. Wow, it, it must it definitely had a big impact on you. I now well, I really. I'll tell you, it got me from you want. It's just like this place. There's two places that got me. Uh, 
this place when I landed, I went, oh, dude, I got to be here. And then Chicago, it took all of five minutes on the train with my dad. I was with my dad. We were going to a Notre Dame game. I was on the train and I looked, we were heading towards the city and I looked up, I remember it. And I looked at him, I go, I'm coming to, I'm coming to school here. And he's like, here, I go, yeah, Chicago. I was like, this, I want to be here. It took five minutes, five minutes on the train. And I knew it was my, my kind of destiny to be there. It's the only other place I think I would move in America uh, to do radio. And it would take some convincing, but um, it would be the only other place I would even attempt to not even attempt, but if I, if they offered me a lot of money to go, I think we would have to consider it because I know my wife would like it, even though she says she doesn't. <laughs> when you She's know, you been. know, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great city. And speaking of your wife, Hannah, and you guys have a really funny relationship, especially on Twitter. And, yeah. and, and, and I, can, I can see the little, the little giggle that you got there. Yeah, uh, you guys here. have a very, very fun uh, back and forth relationship on there. Like you guys really. Yeah. We break like, balls a lot. Yeah. You guys really, really break balls. And it, it's funny because she gives you shit about how oh, your, your relationship me. started. Right. Like yeah. you guys, you guys did have a, a little bit of a rocky go, but I, bef- rather than going straight to there, you guys met while you were at 94, nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She walked in the studio and uh, I was a morning DJ. She was early for a, a, a appearance on uh, another radio show. And our promotions director was a kid named Ciro, who I love, who now moved to Chicago and I'm um, giving him all my recommendations every day. And uh, so he walked in. He goes, hey, dude, uh, Hannah Nancaro is here. They're doing a fundraiser for her late father. Um, she's doing a thing with John and Tammy down the hall, but she's like 30 minutes early you want to, you want to put her on too. And I said, yeah, I'd seen her before. And I go, yeah, I'd love to meet her. And she walked in and uh, the rest is history. Right, babe. That's right. That's right. Oh, we, we have, we have a, a little appearance by Hannah there. Yeah, there she is right there. Hi. Hi. It's Alex. Hi. What's she, what's she eating? Cheese. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, so we, so I'm, we met, and there was definitely a, a connection and um, I found some, you know, bullshit reason to hit her up later that day. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the rest is kind of history, as they say. And, uh, it's crazy, though, when you think about it, we've been together what, over seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little over seven years and uh, two kids. Um, it's crazy to think, you know, she was she was a baby when I met her. She was 24 when I met her. I was how old was I? 38 <laughs> i was 38 <laughs> and now we've we've got two kids and um you know she's getting old and that's just how it goes <laughs> <laughs> you get old together right you guys can yeah, buzz we're growing balls. old together except like the least loving and caring nurse ever yes i married a nurse yeah you're a nurse roster uh no we do i mean look it's it's, do we drive each other crazy? Absolutely. Absolutely. We drive each other crazy, but, um, you know, we've got a great little family and, and, uh, you know, I don't think either of us could, I don't think either of us could attempt to, uh, try to imagine living without the other as much as we drive each other crazy. I, I, and I think the pandemic kind of gives that perspective again, because now you get to spend a little bit more time together, right? It's, yeah. it's yeah, um, when I started, was still doing radio before the pandemic. Um, I was working like 60 hours a week between my jobs. Yeah. I had just been married September, 2019 and I was working crazy hours and even on weekends. And when the pandemic hit it's like, okay, I I lost my radio job, but for one, I don't have to be at the station at five 30 in the morning and be home at 10. Um, so now I could sleep in for one. And two, I can have more time with my wife because now my job at the college is remote. So, yeah. you know, as crazy as we make each other while we're here, it's hard to imagine uh, not being together because we've been together for, well, we've been married for a year and a half now, but we've been yeah. together for over 10 years. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're, it's the pandemic was, you know, she was pregnant and we were the toddler, you know, we had the toddler. I think, I think the, the worst part about it was just, you know, my parents couldn't come out and visit and help. Um, you know, her mom was gone for a few months and, and we just were really alone with the kids and, or the kid at the time. And then her being pregnant too. I mean, it was hard. I mean, we haven't, I think we've had one date in like over 
you know, a year and a half, but it's because we've got two kids to take care of and kind of putting our needs uh, aside. Uh, I think that's happened to a lot of couples. And the, the one thing we've always driven each other crazy. So it doesn't, didn't make us drive each other more crazy. The pandemic we were, we actually kind of pulled together a little bit uh, and, and got through it together, leaned on each other, I think uh, a lot more than we ever had. And I think it's weirder now coming out of it has been probably a tougher transition for us than, than when we were in it, to be honest with you. Like, you know, now we're like, well, what do we do? How do we do this? Can somebody watch our kids? Who do we trust? It gets weird. We're, we're trying to figure out how to like get back out there. So we're going on a, we've got a vacation in a couple of weeks. Thank God. We're both like counting the minutes, um, just a little staycation in town, but it'll be everything. Cause we haven't had any time to ourselves, just the two of us in, in, in over a year. I mean, my parents came to visit and we had one date, and we, it was like 40 minutes. We didn't know what to do. We were like, just <laughs> eat and let's get home because it feels weird being out. Yeah. And I don't know these people over here. And it's do I, I don't want my parents to feel like we're using them. It's just this weird dynamic that, that we've all kind of created after this last year. But, um, you know, we're, I think, uh, our, we're, you know, we're built to last. And uh, I think that, um, I think that it's, it's so many people right now have, are starting to see kind of what's important to them you know, after, after this really trying year. Yeah. And let me elaborate too. So there's that part where like, obviously the wife and I now spend more time together. So we drive each other crazy a little bit more, but back to your point of being more united. Absolutely. Cause again, like yeah. working 60 hours a week, not being around with, you know, we're newlyweds, but then being able to be here and yeah. kind of sort things out together and, and yeah, be there live together, yeah. you know, it's, it, it made it a lot better. Yeah, it does. Uh, all the talking makes me thirsty, man. Doing podcasting, you know, it's consistent talking, right? But doing mm-hmm. three, four hours of radio, I miss it. But also, all the water I would drink because of how thirsty I was, like that, I don't miss. I pound two of these per show, and I just piss every fifteen minutes. And like, I always <laughs> have to leave the studio to go to the league. My bladder is that of a eighty-year-old woman, so it's not ideal. I I use uh, the bladder of a pregnant hamster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My my wife, when she was pregnant too, she would pee a lot. So that's kind of <laughs> how I feel every single day. Uh, how many, just for reference, just so the audience knows when they're listening, how how big is that water bottle? How many ounces is that? 50. 50, 50 okay. What is that? Yeah, 50 ounces. So I'm drinking 100 ounces a show, and then usually two or three more of these when I get home. Oh, man. But at least you're staying hydrated. And I, it's important. I it's important when you go out to to hit some golf balls. When you go out, what, what's yep. your favorite place to go play at? Oh man, there's a. It usually changes every week, but we've just started playing this place called Arrowwood. It's an oceanside. We love that place out in East uh, in East Lake called uh, used to be East Lake Country Club. It's called Enagic. I love Encinitas Ranch. It's right up the street. You can never get a goddamn tea time. Um, I just, yeah, it's saved my life. Honestly, this, uh, during the pandemic, uh, discovering golf, I played when I was a kid and hated it. I always played baseball. So really couldn't do both for me. I, it was hard, but I, I don't know. It, it clicked. I was out there with some friends and out in nature and, uh, and just found the challenge of it. It's just a single solitary ball and it's just sitting there. Can you make that ball do what you want it to do against the elements, the wind, the rain, the grass, the the longer grass, the shorter grass. How do you put it to that cup? I went. It makes me crazy. And but I'll tell you, man. I it was like uh, it was like a drug. It it was. I went out one time and I went. You know what? I think I'm gonna hang them up from playing baseball, and I think I'm gonna go try to be a really good golfer. And I've tried my balls off in the last. <laughs> it, it'll be like a year in July, and and I'm still. I mean, I'm better. I mean, I'm bra- I've broken 90 twice, which are still like, it's amazing. My kids, my kids being born. And those two days are like the best days of my life. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, it's such a, it's such a challenge and I love the challenge. I love it. I love the practice. I love the routine. I love all of that, all of that. I, I love it. So as soon as I'm done with you, I'm probably, it's probably where I'm going to go is hit, hit a few balls. Actually it's pouring rain right now. So I don't think I'm going to go anywhere, but um, no, I've just, I got the bug as they call it. And um, I'm hooked. I'm just hooked. It's the, I've had like, I've done, you know, way too many things I shouldn't do that are illegal. And this is <laughs> by far, the, this is by far the most addictive and the most expensive uh, habitable of all of them. You're telling me that it's the it's insane to play around is so crazy. Yeah. And 
I live, obviously, again, Palm Springs area, it's a golf haven. But man, it's so expensive. And Steep. It, it, there were a few places I could go play for free, thank goodness. But nothing like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of a Bighorn out in Palm, the Palm Desert area. Yeah, yeah. I, those I haven't played any of those courses yet, but I got to get out there. Yeah, B- Bighorn is a private, but I actually, uh, I worked at American Eagle for a few years. Yeah. And um, whenever you go to a retail store, you know, they, they obviously ask you, oh, do you have an email with us and whatever? So I asked, yeah, yeah. I asked this lady who then's like, oh, first and last name at bighorn.cc.com or whatever. Nice. And I'm like, oh, you, you work at Bighorn. And she just so happened to be the head of merchandise. And she got me a tea time for both myself and my dad. At God, so rad. Yeah. And obviously, like, we still ended up paying, like, 200 bucks for like valet and sure. and tips for the caddy and all that but man it's a it's one of those like almost once in a lifetime opportunities to go play a golf course like that where i think the annual membership is like a quarter of a million dollars oh yeah i'm not surprised man i there that's one thing too about the golf community that's pretty cool is like we uh i told my wife i go it's crazy we start talking about golf on the radio now wants to play golf with us they want you know, hey, come play this club and that club. We've gotten so many opportunities to do. I'm playing Tory Pines tomorrow wow. uh, as a part of the uh, U.S. Open Media Day. So I get to go play Tory Pines on the house uh, tomorrow at 140. I'm, I'm elated. I can't wait. I played it before, but I hated golf when I played it. And so now that I love golf uh, and I don't have to pay for it, I'm like, I, I can't. I'm so excited. So excited. Are they having you play the North course or the South? I think the South. So, wow! So they're they're putting yeah. you through the test. You're, you're gonna go through the ringer. Yeah, they're through the gauntlet, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's it's such a challenge, you know. Anyway, it doesn't matter north or south; they're both tough. But south is a beast. Uh, but no, I, I'm, you know, the the opportunities that have opened places we've gotten to play. Um, you know, the the people that have just come out of the woodwork, like wanting to come play and hang out and come play my club and come. I'm like. Holy cow, it's crazy. So we're going to be doing our very first golf tournament uh, in November, the Ben and Woods Open. And uh, we're, we're in the planning stages of that right now. It's going to be epic. Um, can't wait. Cannot wait. Going to do it for charity. And, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be a blast. Well, let me know. It'll give me a reason to go down to San Diego. Believe it. Better come down. That's now part of the plan. I'm going to make sure that all of my November is booked. Yeah, clear your November. It's going to be a yeah. Friday. It's going to be a Friday. Uh, so one of those Fridays, it's going to happen. I would assume it's not going to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. So one of those first three Fridays is when it will be the fifth, the 12th to the 19th, I think. Okay. That's perfect. So I'll, I'll make sure yeah. all of those Fridays are blocked off just in case. Yeah. And, and I'll start just saving, in case. I'll start saving some money. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have to bid on a foursome and you know, some of it goes to charity and mm-hmm. some goes to the course. Uh, we're obviously not making, you know, Ben and Woods, not, we were not making money off of it. So um, we want to, we just want to put on a good event for our, our loyal, loyal listeners. Cause they've been incredibly loyal and they're very vocal and active, uh, and have just been great. So that's the plan. Uh, November we're shooting for it now and, uh, going to go ahead and start getting things lined up. Awesome. Well, let the audience know where, where can we find you? So you guys can find us, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Ben and Woods. And then uh, I'm my personal uh, email or personal Twitter is at the Stephen Woods. And uh, yeah, we're, we're on 97.3, the fan. Uh, but yeah, if you want to, you know, shoot me a message or whatever, uh, I'm at the Stephen Woods on Twitter. I'm super, super active uh, on there as well. Well, Woodsy, thank you so, so much. Alex, my pleasure, man. Good luck to you. No, I love talking to you. Anytime you need anything, man, let me know. Always here for a, a word of advice, shoulder to lean on, whatever you need. Yeah, uh, you know, a shoulder to cry on. Shoulder too, to cry on, too. This, we are in the media, so absolutely. Man. <laughs> Thanks for the time, bro. That wraps up yet another episode of Candidly Human. A huge thanks to Stephen Woods for coming on and uh, talking to me for a bit. And to you, the listener, for sticking around and giving this a listen. Don't forget, check out CandidlyHuman.com. You can find all of our episodes there. Or go to Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Go to social media, Facebook, Facebook. Just look up Candidly Human, 
Twitter and Instagram. It's at CandidlyHumanUS. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on Twitch. It's all the same, the real Satarain. So once again, thank you to everyone for giving this a listen and make sure you check out all of our other content. So make sure you tune in next time. I'm Alex Satarain and this was Candidly Human.